it's something that I, I will forever be instilled in me of going, you know what, you can cope. This is, this, if something else is going to come up, you can cope. You can get through this. You can now open your voice. You can now help people, which was a massive thing for me. Welcome to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm Petra Belzebor, and this is the place to discuss tips, tricks, and hacks to build your resilience through your worst rock bottoms and get you to a place of success. I'll be interviewing people from all walks of life, professionals, individuals who've been through their own adversity, and allow them to share their authentic and real life stories, opinions, and ideas about how to utilize our worst rock bottoms and allow them to catapult us into success. Welcome to the show. Welcome everyone to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. I'm very excited today because we've only met recently and I've roped her in to do this podcast for me. It's Susie Bastoni. Uh, she's a life coach. She's an actress. She's got a whole history in fitness and well-being. She's just a wealth of knowledge. And recently seeing her speak at an event, I was moved and I had to have her uh, on the show. So welcome, Susie. Oh, thank you, Petra. It's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad we could arrange it. So give mm. us a little bit of context just to, you know, Susie as a kid growing up, do you feel that you had sort of resilience built into you, that you were given the tools from, from your parents or the education system to, to deal with real life? Yes, no, absolutely. I mean, in looking back, I mean, I had a, I had a brilliant childhood. My parents are two of my best friends. I've got a lovely sister. We've got a very tight family. I grew up in a lovely village down in, um, just, just outside Guildford. Nice. So yeah, I had a lovely kind of, you know, country, country living up, uh, upbringing. Uh, yes. I mean, as far as resilience goes, I, you know, my, my parents have always been so supportive and, and always kind of had that, that inbuilt, you can, you know, believe in yourself. You can, you can do anything you you choose, and they were always behind whatever myself or my sister wanted to do. You know, it was a very happy, very happy childhood. I started dancing and singing, and um, you know, obviously acting as much as you can from a from a very young age. So, I had a built-in resilience. I guess I think that's something. Obviously, I learned over time, but had had a confidence. Sure. Let's put it and that a way. Passion, it sounds um, like. And a passion, yeah, absolutely. From a from a very young age, knowing that this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, from goodness, I, I'm five years old, I think. I uh, really? I had other ideas along the way, but it was definitely, definitely within me to what, to want to be a performer. Sure. And what was mm. it about? I don't know, being on stage or being a character. Like, what did that give you? What was that feeling like? It was. I, I mean, looking back, I, th I guess because I still think this now. Actually, it it as much as it's a it's an outlet. It was an emotional outlet. I think over the years, I, I've I've written a lot as well, and I find that kind of creativity was something that was you know possibly I was I was born with in a way of of needing to express. Yeah, I'm I'm a very expressive person. I'm quite extrovert in that way. So yes, it was it, it was something that I. I found very nat naturally, um, you know, came naturally to me. Performing, I wasn't ever, you know, I can't say I was never nervous on stage, but as a kid, I think I had more confidence than I possibly even do now, you know. Yeah. So it was um, something that, yeah, was very natural for me to do. 
And so talk us through that journey and just developing yourself and your career. Um, I, I would imagine not being an actress myself, but that the, the cycle of it can be quite, it can be lots of rejection. There can be things that maybe you did don't really anticipate or get trained for when you're just like on the stage being your best self. What was that like? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think that's, you know, I mean, I, I started doing kind of competitions when I was, okay. you know, goodness, from, from, from a very young age. So had that, that sense of, you know, you do your best, you don't always win, you know, the re- the rejection or however that may may feel for, for a child. That never really seemed to bother me. It was more of a kind of a fun thing to do. It was, um, you know, all the, the dance school I went to was all very, you know, loving, we're all friends. Um, nice. We did it all together, you know, so it was kind of that do your best kind of feeling, you know, and it was never going, oh, you have to win. It wasn't, there was definitely discipline instilled in me from a very young age for wanting to do something. Not that I was probably aware of it at the time, but I did have that, that want to do something really well, that want to get better. I had a a most wonderful dance teacher growing up who also had been to the college that I eventually okay. went to. Yeah. So yes, yeah, she she was she came in. Um, I think we must have been about goodness eleven or twelve at that point, and we've you know been doing it for for years by that point. But she came and changed the whole dynamic of our school, and was very kind of you know hugely motivated. Had a great passion at what she did as a teacher. So yeah, that that transformed um, to a lot of us, and actually a lot of us went on and did it. Going back to sorry, what you what you said before, like how that changed. I mean. I think the knockbacks, obviously, you know, you were used to that. You knew about the industry. You'd be told about the industry. But it wasn't until I went to... I went to theatre theatre college. Well, actually, I did my my A levels first. I did that for for a year, mm-hmm. and then only through a knee injury though. So it was something that stopped me. So actually, but in mm-hmm. hindsight, I'm glad I did that. Yeah, I loved education as well. I loved I loved you know schooling as well. So it wasn't it wasn't so bad because I knew that I had that focus. So when I was 17. I went to a lovely place called Lane Theatre Arts. It was one of the top musical theatre uh, schools schools in um, in England. It was hugely disciplined, and I think those three years. I mean, I I, I look back and go, oh goodness, was was that for me? I was always more of a an actress singer than I I thought I was as a dancer, mm. but the dancing discipline there was so so strong. And still is, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm forever grateful for having that, that discipline. You know, over those years, obviously, you go through all of these different feelings, um, emotions. Yeah, you're um, growing up, facing, you're figuring life yeah, out. Yeah, exactly. You're, you know, you're still, still a kid, really, and yeah. then you get you know shoved into this kind of atmosphere, especially a theatre school back then as well. It was very much like you know these these massive personalities coming in and and everyone wanting to outshine to, each other oh god yeah, yeah. you've got it down yeah. to a team, i can picture the stereotype to... of like yeah. big personalities yeah yeah it's like fame um yeah. but it, you know and it was something that i kind of I, I thought I was prepared for in that way, I guess. But I don't know if you're, you're ever prepared for anything that you, you you don't really know. No. But yes, I mean, I look back with with very fond fond memories of there. My, you know, some of my, uh, particularly like three or four of my best friends now, are, you know, still still from from back then. But yes, I mean, inbuilt, you know, you, you 
you become disciplined. You have the, uh, you know, you're up every morning, you're, you're keeping, having to keep yourself well. Um, it wasn't like a, you know, not really like an, an, a normal college or, or university in that way where you almost have the outlet to be a student and you almost have that outlet to party, do to, party to let go. I mean, don't get me wrong, we did. Right. Um, <laughs> but it was al- almost, you, you had to have this, this front in a way as well. You had to right. have, an, have an image of, of a sort, particularly there. I can only speak for, obviously, for, for that college. And the self-discipline uh, does bring through. So when I did see you speak and we met uh, not too long ago, uh, just mm. the discipline around health and around looking after yourself and that mm. side of things uh, definitely uh, shows through. Mm. So talk us through this topic of adversity. So, so, and I mean that to, to cover sort of anything. So sometimes we, we, we have the regular challenges of life and we tick along and we still have the friendships or the enough support networks that are good enough that can get us through things. What showed up for you just maybe in your, in your adult life? Like, what does that theme kind of bring up for you? So adversity, I mean, that's why I love your, love your podcast. I think it's, you know, something that is, is being talked about more and more and obviously everything you do with your mental health and yeah. um, everything you focus on in particular. Um, yeah, I was, I was drawn to it uh, because of something I personally went through as well. So yes, I mean, it all started for me. I mean, I'd left college I was, you know, my first job was abroad. So I was, you know, seeing the world. That's when I think my, you know, kind of my, my crazy life started as well as my, my discipline still for the industry and the passion was ongoing. But I got away for a bit and then I came back and then I went to, I was very happy-go-lucky. I was hugely motivated by what I did. Um, I had my whole future ahead of me. I had that, that, that zest for life if you like yes all filled with promise and hope yeah yeah and I was a very positive young girl I got to Germany so I got a job over in Germany um Starlight Express so they have a massive following over there it's still going it's just had its 30th year um anniversary actually which was great I mean obviously I'd I'd wanted to do this show since I was uh, you know a young kid so I was over the moon. I went over on my goodness, how old was I? So I just turned 22. I think it was my just after my 22nd birthday. And yeah, I met my best friend flying over on the uh, on the plane. He's my uh, closest friend to this day. He yes, yeah, so we got we got over there and it was obviously it was it wasn't my first job, but it was, you know, the first big job, something that actually could uh, catapult my career when I came back to London, if you like. Sure. Um, something that you want on your CV. Um, so, yes, I was, you know, li- living the life over there. We had, to, I mean, it was, again, it was one of the most huge, even looking, even now, I look back and go, I don't know how I did it. It was like boot camp. You know, you're, you're learning, first of all, you're learning to skate. Secondly, you're learning to dance on skates. Uh, learning to sing, learning German because it was all in all in German, so oh, right. all phonetics. And it was only in three months. So it was like this three month intensive kind of boot training. Camp. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it was it was full on, massively exciting. Obviously, there was lots of English, American, and Australians um, mostly back then in in the cast that I was with. We all get very close very quickly because of you know you're in it together. Yeah. And, you know, you have each other's backs. So I then, uh, you know, started to enjoy myself as well. You know, I was, I was young. We were all, we, it was a big party crowd as well, if you like. You, you worked really, really hard. You, 
you know, nothing ever kind of, for me um, in particular, nothing would compromise the show you were doing. But it was a lot of kind of drinking. You, we all lived in our own own place the first time I'd ever lived by myself. So I felt very adult as well, and I, you know, loving, loving life. I then I got into a relationship with a Dutch man, actually. Oh. Yeah, he had this motorbike. So um, I, but I was, I was quite a, I don't know if reckless is the word or not. I, I used to think I, I was in a way, I, I, you know, he was, he was very cautious and very protective as a, as a person, as a, as a, as, as a human being, I guess. He would always look out for people. He was um, a carer mm. of sorts as, as a personality. Mm. I begged him, I begged him. I was this 22-year-old girl. I was like, please, I want to go on the back of the bike. I want to go back on the back of the bike. And he, he said no for, for a long time. Um, but finally, we were going to work one day and he said, okay, here's your helmet. He strapped me in. I had all the gear, you know. And he, you know, drove very, very slowly actually to work, which pretty much was only a 10-minute drive. But anyway, we were on on the way to work, on the way to the theatre. Yeah, it, we, we obviously ended up having this this terrible, um, it was quite a horrific motorbike accident. Yeah, and as we kind of went up the dual carriageway, um, a big lorry kind of pulled out. Mm. And he dipped the bike. He'd done his advanced course and everything like that. But he he did happen to dip the bike. But I obviously that meant I went over the, over the top and hit my the back of my head and the whole of my body on this you know on this big on truck, truck obviously on this truck. Now I you know, I didn't I think if I'm honest I, I look back and I go my life changed in that moment and it still upsets me now actually it's quite weird. <laughs> but yeah it's 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 very strange but there's so many positives to it as well um, looking back and. But take me, that, just, I want you to stay, if you don't mind, just stay there mm-hmm. for, for a little minute. So we, we see you on this trajectory of, of success and, and, and you're beautiful and you've gone to this great college. Um, what 10 minutes or that one minute kind of alters everything. Were you, did you, were you unconscious? Did you end up in hospital? What, what was that middle bit there? Yeah, so um, I can't remember a thing about the accident. I've, sure. I've had a few flashbacks over the time. Yeah. Um, more so nearer the time and then I had a big gap and then they kind of came back sure so yes I I was you know completely knocked out rushed straight to hospital yeah and to be honest I was out of it for I think around about two weeks and um you know I was very on the edge at one point so I was very close to dying wow which you know I think took me a long time to get my head around it was yeah it was it was a it was a really really tough time but at the time I think I well funnily enough I mean obviously I, I had had my my partner Ramon as well to to um take into consideration and obviously I think when I woke up my family were all there and you know I suddenly I don't know it was it was very strange so my, my family had come over to, actually two of my very close friends from back home had come over yeah I'd been out of it obviously for quite a, quite quite a while so they were you know they they were going through a lot as well which um I faced obviously post the accident of those kind of feelings sure. but when I did wake up I think I you know the, I think I woke up and I 
I had like obviously loads of blood still in my hair because they couldn't, you know, move because of the head injury. And I think I just put my, my hand to my head and I was like, oh, can someone get me some conditioner? <laughs> and then they, they were like, oh, she's fine. She'll be fine. <laughs> so, yes, I mean, it was, there was kind of, um, <laughs> there was, that was the, the break for them. I thought, you know, they, they thought she's going to be fine. But yes, I mean, it, it's, it's one of those situations that you don't, you really don't realize the effect, do you? No, for, not for at like, all. And then yeah. you're just in a re- in recovery. So, and I'm mm. just trying to like get into that uh, idea of a, the position where you're you're out cold for for two weeks, or you have limited memory. Suddenly, all concerned family are staring around you, and you think, "Oh, mm. this is nice," but also this must mean that it's terrible. Like yeah. it's it's almost like weird a mix of feelings. It uh, is. It's so, surreal. I mean, it's it's something that. I mean, I look back and have those memories now of waking up. But I mean, to be honest, I was so I mean, out of it, you yeah. know. And You're probably and on the, morphine and all sorts. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, you know, and I, I do remember, you know, things, you know, came back to me over the time. But even, you know, my, my partner, he, you know, he had to, even when I was in the hospital, my parents always stayed for, for, for a long time. But, you know, I would have to be taken, he would take me and have to have, have it shower you know and so it's very very isolating very kind of after being so or feeling like I was so independent and on top and of then, the world and yeah yeah your full adult self to, needing to, to be cared yeah, for yeah to go into that kind of space and and then obviously when my my parents you know did leave it was almost like I had to suddenly live with live with a man and I, I'd never done that before and I'd never wanted to and I wasn't going to because I was going to you know as this independent young woman um so yes I mean but I I think to be I mean I'm so lucky I mean there's it was I mean sure. that's why I, I there there's worse things could could happen that's what I had in my mind I you know kept that that thought going constantly going how lucky I am I'm you know to be alive some, yeah someone's looking down you know or to be alive and and okay and you know, what are you going to do now okay yeah because at what point did you kind of go fuck my life is different like actually the trajectory I was on is either greatly slowed down or stopped or like like what was that like how did your life change so my life changed initially, as, as I briefly mentioned, it was it was more the kind of like, I'm not capable of, of doing much yourself. for myself. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, the, the, uh, Ramon, he, he was a, a carer. He actually cared for his mum previously. Like she died close to, you think, a year before that time. So he was very much that. But obviously, it was the very beginning of our relationship as well. So for me to put that amount of trust in in someone was was very rare for me it was it was it was a little bit unknown in that respect so that obviously that changed I tried to go with it I was like oh this is okay okay I'll, I'll. <laughs> he, he I think he went out and got me an exercise bike because I was constantly going I've got to I've got to move I've got to move I mean I could barely walk across the street by myself you know right. it was very like I had this thing where I you know um would dip my head to the left or something and literally the hot it would just spin and spin and spin lost my sense of smell my whole sense of taste because of the the knock the head injury yeah from the head injury you know those to me were minor things in in the in the grand scheme of things but they were they're still adjustments still adjustments yeah but then I i mean the biggest change came later i think i mean at first i was back to what i knew it was back to right. I was on that exercise bike 
you know, two weeks out of hospital, I was just, just gently, but I was still, you know, and anyone, when he wasn't in the house, I was going for it, you know, I was really trying well, to get back stupid. to your old self. Yeah. Love that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, I think I also, I, I turned up to a kickboxing class. I know. And he was actually a, a kickboxer at the time. And I thought, Oh, that would be good. That's what I should do. I should, I should go and go and get myself motivated. I need to get back into this. Those are the rules <laughs> that you used to live your life by. Like you just yeah. move your body, you just show up yeah. and you feel better exactly. and that's your identity. Really. Yeah, exactly. And I also do believe, I mean, I went back to, so it happened on September 11th, 2002. And then I was back in the show, which is obviously a massive arena skating around. Um, it's like full on. You are athletes in that show. And I was back by Christmas Day. That was my goal. That was my kind of like, right, within four months, yeah. I'm going to be on fully stage recovered. again. Yeah, I'm going to be fully recovered. I'm going to be great. So I, that's what I did. I mean, rightly or wrongly, that's what I knew. That's how I Sure. kept up my motivation, you know. And so I was back on stage in in that short amount of time, went on for one show, came off for four months. You know, I, I learned my lesson very yeah. quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But post that, I think that was kind of something that I'd worked myself up to so much and I then felt like I'd let myself down. That's did, a personal yeah. thing. What yeah. What did that feel like? That was, yeah, that was pretty, that was, that was pretty tough also because I'd, you know, I'd set my own expectations very high because that's what I'd done previously yeah. in my life. Yeah. Also within our industry, and there is no blame for this on, on anyone, something that I think is possibly instilled by ourselves actually as professionals. You don't want a sick day. You don't want to be ill. You don't Someone want, might you get know, the edge on competition, right? If well, that, that too, that too. And it's almost instilled and you go, don't give up, you know, keep going, keep going. And you know, or or it's weak, or it's this was maybe more of a personal thing. I, I thought it was a weakness if I wasn't at my best, if I wasn't, yeah. you know, not just performing, but on everyday life of, of appearing happy, of you know, all of that thing. So when that's that was my big change post. Then I think I was alone a lot more. I wasn't around people from and as an extrovert, the that's show. hard in itself. Yeah, it definitely was. So I was only around my partner, really. Yes, my friends would come over to visit, but they had, you know, their busy lives, lives over there too. And and having said this, obviously, I was living in, in Germany, so I was away from my family, away from my friends. I couldn't fly home at that time because of the head injury. So, yeah, I think I, I felt very isolated. Did you feel I, shame as well? Like, did you isolate because of that, in a way? I think I was just about, yeah, just about... I was thinking about this yesterday and I, that that memory came up of that shame, that guilt. Yeah, so two, two, two different emotions there that I hadn't experienced before. The shame of slowly knowing that I was kind of going in this this slight spiral yeah. of of to something I just didn't know. It was like this this darkness, this person. I, I didn't have a clue. We call it a shame who, who, hole. Yeah. yeah, it was a shame hole. Shame hole. This this but person fueled I, with depression yeah. and all sorts of things. Mm. Yeah, this this person I, I didn't you didn't know who you can recognize. No, not at all, not at all. And so you don't and really have the blueprint or the rules for like how to live life as that person. No, right? No, it's just a brand new personality. It's 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 one you don't want to get to know, 
and yet you right. come you're forced become, to right you're forced to and you become very comfortable with it after a while as well which is the the, the, the downside that, that's um, the, because you want to stay safe and and it feels really hard to move out of it it becomes mm. a weird sort of comfort right to stay stuck in i don't know yeah the, the dark thinking or the isolation mm. Yeah, And what's interesting is I've, you know, having met you and, and seen you speak and knowing about the amazing successful things that you're doing, the impact that you have in the world, it feels sort of night and day to, to that kind of shame hole existence. And so yeah. I'm, I'm really curious about, you know, how did you, how long did it take? How, di- how dark did it get? How did you begin to put in the building blocks to create the life that you now have? So, um, yeah, it got pretty dark, I must say. You know, my, my relation at the time, you know, it had effect. It Would had lots strange, of effects right? on that. Yeah. Also, the guilt of me feeling like I not necessarily caused the accident, but, but I'd, I'd mm. been begging to go on that bike. I'd been going, come on, come on, come on. I know that my partner at the time had been through a lot beforehand himself and yeah. was probably still going through a lot emotionally sure. and I felt like I just added to it you know mm. I, I I felt that kind of like guilt. a so burden was, like yeah so mm. on the outside I would go you know when I was finally back at work very slowly I, I would walk in with this big grin on my face you know this this whole like oh yeah everything's fine I'm alive and making jokes even out of really? what had happened but yet then going home I think there's one one kind of real down point which I too actually which I remember that that come back and you know mm. in, in my memory of, of rock bottom like you, yeah. you may say or the first first one maybe was just I mean I think I just came home one day and obviously I was crying a lot but I would just go right come on that you know I'd, I'd shove myself into work that was my my work and my relationship that's what I'd be like right okay you know I can get through this Pull yourself together. It was, it was a, yeah. yeah absolute cover-up you know I, I wasn't facing anything sure but I remember getting home one time and I was literally got got in my doorway, and obviously it was it was late at night after the second show finished, and I think I just literally slumped down with the the lights off, and I I don't even know what time I moved. Like it was, I mean, not even I, I honestly don't know. The light, you know, daylight may have happened. It was it was that kind of just frozen, just in frozen, the shame, just darkness. isolated. Yeah, I I isolated myself from my family, which was my absolute rock, and went into this real kind of mistrust of people as well. That was a big thing for me. Oh. I, I, I started to not, I, and in hindsight, this over the years, I've actually come to realize this was something I think my brain was opening up to yeah. of trust in people and actually transparency in people. And what, why don't I trust that person? My, I think you know, my intuition was, was growing at the same time as even when I was going through that dark place. I what, think. Did, what did you discover? I discovered that I had to inward, you know, look inwardly eventually. I mean, it was coming out in so many different ways. It, you know, obviously, I know you talk a lot about the timeline. Yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, and I, as I've said to you previously, that, you know, certain things I don't think I faced till even 10 years later. Sure. Um, and in fact, I know that. But yeah, discovering that kind of, that awareness, I think, was slowly creeping in because I suddenly had to, had to really look at myself. I had to become calm in front of people because actually I just wanted to explode. I just wanted so to. So it had built up so much. Mm, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I was angry a lot. I was really, you know, that it was coming out a lot. And to my, that was actually the other time that I remember other than sitting in that, yeah. you know, in that, that, that dark hole. 
was was two of my girlfriends out there who were my two best girlfriends out there. I literally lost it with them. And don't get me wrong, I was probably drinking a lot of Jack Daniels at the time as well. Sure. <laughs> that was, you know, that that was that just went with uh, went with an evening, you know. And yeah, I think I just lost it with them. Like I was really angry. I was nasty. I thought I had a point, but I don't. I don't. I wasn't making any sense. <laughs> that wasn't, wasn't the making, point. It was just yeah, like was, the rage was, was no exploding. Yeah, yeah, that was. Yeah, that was the point. And yeah, and I think it was their shock, their reaction to that. So you could like see a reflection of yourself in their eyes yeah. or their face and be mm. like, "Fuck, what? What, what uh, am I doing?" Yeah, absolutely. And and not then soberly or or in a calm way ever expressing that again or saying why that was even to myself you know like I processing was, it. Mm. I mean I went to a therapist um out in Germany and then at that time I would come back because I I don't know I can't remember whether I got on with the therapist or not or I was always like oh this is bullshit or whatever yeah, yeah. I yeah, of course. thought in my little 22 year old head yeah um or or oh, I don't need this I'm fine or or everything's my fault because my relationship is breaking down. So I've got to focus on that. I've got to make him okay. And, you know, all all my focus was going, you know, outwardly because anything to not really look at what was really going on. Because that's scary. And and you might not even know how to do it. But But the trust thing, was mm. that because, like, where did that come from if you've ever discovered it? Was it because you d- couldn't trust yourself because you'd put yourself in that situation? Was it the relation? Like, what was the trust thing? Like, how did that show up? I think there was three things, if I'm honest. To compartmentalize it, really, if I'm going to. I d- it One, yes, trust with myself, probably, sure. of my my own. And this this has happened later in my life in different different ways as well um, in different circumstances but yeah trust in myself and my own behavior wanting to keep that kind of yeah everything's fine yeah yet perfection yeah perfection yeah not wanting to break down not wanting to show vulnerability yeah um not wanting to upset other people through doing that either especially possibly my family that would fall under that category not one you know that they would be the most understanding people. Yet I was shutting them out. That's the story because, you're telling yourself because you don't yeah. want anyone to see what's really going on. Yeah, especially as they couldn't be there on hand at that time as well. They couldn't just be right there. Secondly, trust in relationships. There was obviously something going on in the relationship at the time. There was a you know other things that were were happening that within that relationship that my trust levels like like plummeted. I hadn't known anything like it. Um, and yeah, I started to question a lot, which I'd always had, or I'd felt beforehand, I'd always had very, very secure relationships, whether they were right or wrong. They were, they were, they were friendships. They were, they were very, very secure. So that, that broke me uh, mm. a lot, I think as well. So my, my trust issues, you know, wavered then. Then thirdly, being in the industry I'm in, and again, there's no blame on anyone on this. It's, sure. it's, it's something that, I found out very quickly who my friends were, which is uh, great in in one respect. You know, one respect, super great. Shitty in another way. Yeah, <laughs> really shitty, really shitty. And it's, and again, it's no one's fault. It's it's something that possibly, uh, uh, you know, not blaming myself for everything, but in a way, I wasn't opening up to to people. You so people how, away. How sure. could I expect that back? On, on one hand, but on another hand, I kind of, I don't know, maybe because I was 
I had isolated myself. I, t- I kind of took this this bird's eye view eventually and and was quieter. So actually I was listening more and I wasn't wanting to get involved in the drama that was going on. And I'm, I'm talking about the internet. This is even post leaving Germany, you know, next time I was in a job, you know, it was just very, very cautious. It was, I, I was, I was always thinking, you know, I always, I still think this sometimes, but I think I've got a hold on this really well now that um, I always wondered whether it was paranoia or intuition, whether, you know, with the trust, sure, with trusting people in, in general or, you know, or, but yes, that was very much, I, I found out who my, who I could open up to or who I trusted, not saying that people and weren't trustworthy. Sure. It was more, more the, I just wanted to cut the bullshit. If I'm honest, I yeah. think from that, that age, from that moment, I was, I have no time for, for lies. I have no time for arrogance. I have no time for drama. Did you get that <laughs> yeah. perspective? Like for people who have a near death kind of experience of um, life is short you know, don't take it for granted, no bullshit. I, I don't know if you were at the beginning grabbing it in the same way that you are now, but but that sense of like, fuck, is this how we live our lives? Like, I don't know, a, a, a switch of yeah. perspective somehow, slowly. Absolutely. I think it was a definite switch. I mean, I mean, to be honest, initially I was so like that, but I think that was also covering a lot up, like I said. Sure. Um, but yes, after after a while, I think... Yeah. You th- I mean, when things happen to you and, you know, in life and then whatever else happens, you know, you kind of, you go there, you realize what you, what's actually important. You realize what you want instead, if you're in a place and yeah, you, you want, I, I, you know, yeah, it's the bullshit that I, I, I still to this day cannot, um, I, I don't I, handle I, very well. Yes, yeah, yeah. No. And that, that's why I appreciate your, your authenticity and your vulnerability that we, we do the no bullshit conversation here. Yeah. And so talk me through finding your, so, so I, I know you do, you, the acting still was still part of, part of your life, but it obviously switched a little bit because you had different elements of your career sort of show up. What was it mm. like, just that journey of self-discovery with this new perspective? I mean, my, my imagination says it wasn't fucking easy to re kind of group and figure out, you know, what, how do I matter? What's my purpose? I don't, all that sort of stuff. Like, what were the next sort of 10 years like of, of self-awareness and figuring out how do I spend my life now? Mm. The next 10 years have been very interesting, <laughs> very interesting. And, and, you know, I mean, I'm at a really good place now, you know, in, yeah. in, in many ways. I still constantly work, work on myself, work on things that I did put into place, you know, um, very gently over the, uh, the years. So when I left Germany, I, I actually, instead of going to therapy, I, I was doing therapy for a little bit. Um, I actually went to do NLP, so the Neuro Linguistic Programming. Sure. I, I, I started reading a lot about this. I obviously, by this point, had figured out I've got some type of anxiety or depression that is, you know, that is affecting my life and those that I care about. So yes, I did a lot of reading. I mean, I, I always loved to read, but it was something that I was so like, wow, this is, this is going to help. You know, it was the, not just the self-help books, but the, you know, all of, you know, anything that, that, yeah, trying to, yeah, I really wanted to. Post-traumatic stress, everything. uh, yeah, absolutely. And and depression, how the brain works, like the neuroplasticity of the brain, how I'm actually responsible for that as well. And I can be responsible, which was a massive change for me. It was when I went, oh, I don't, I don't feel, 
are so out of control. I can, I can control this if I want to. At the stage I was, sure. um, when There's I things when I you can of, put in place. To yeah, help. yeah, definitely. You know, and I think that was a, a massive opening up of my mind. You know, educating myself in in many ways, um, but also opening up my voice again I guess I mean there was there was even even five years ten you know throughout those ten years there were times that I would face you know I, I say traumatic experiences certain thing you know certain things that that happen yeah. to, happened to me later on in in my career even or or, or relationships that you know, I I would just go mute I I couldn't string a sentence together I would uh, I'd be free absolutely freeze I would my mind would just be so you know flying around boggled I I couldn't string a sentence together because my emotions were so high that I I couldn't get my thinking brain yeah absolutely you know yeah totally overwhelming and um and it's when I felt either under attack um by you know certain people in my life or there was there was a certain situation that actually happened again in in a theatre job when I got back to London I had a, a you know wonderful run in the West End in certain shows actually only goodness eight years ago I was uh, nine years ago now I was in my last theatre show my last musical theatre I do more film um, and and hopefully TV yeah. now as an actress but I, I I'd gotten this great show and it was fabulous we had a you know amazing cast I I kind of I thought my trust levels were you know I did I hadn't even thought about them yeah, really. yeah, like yeah. it was it was kind of oh, non-issue. Behind me. Yeah. non-issue non-issue something happened there again um I was actually filmed in in the shower um it, which was this isn't an acting really, situation this is like yeah I was like in the, an invasion of privacy invasion of privacy it was backstage I haven't ever spoken about this and I, I think I'd like to at some point. I think it's it's yeah. it's definitely relevant to to the world we live in now and obviously what has been spoken about over the last two years right. in our in, in that particular industry. But putting you know, my my again, my trust levels flared up. I mean, who are my friends, who aren't my friends, you know, um who who actually turned away from that and did not support me and who did, who was right by my side. Wow. What you know, my I actually learned my resilience at that point. I learned actually how calm I can be okay. and how much more powerful that was yeah. rather than acting out the way I may have done five, ten years previously. So, yeah, lots of um, – oh, I've, I've gone off on one now. I've lost my track. Of that's, 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 that's all right. That's all right. So, well, well, um, well, I gave you a loaded question going, tell me about the last uh, ten years. Um, <laughs> oh, yes. So just right. the bumps along the way and, like – and and, yeah. and I'm interested in you said you you learned a couple things that you began putting into place. Like mm. what were the practical things that you started putting into place, whatever that might have looked like, to to look after your your body but your mind, you, you know, to 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 help heal you. Right. So it was again, you know, reading a lot. Like I was saying, it was like educating myself educating, yeah. um, about it. I I found meditation quite early. You know, well, okay. early as in you know, I know On it's been. Journey. It's, it's thrown around everywhere now in a great way and I'm so glad it is but I, I you know I found that I found that NLP for me that was something that worked because I wanted to it, it, I had to go inward that was that was a necessity for me and I knew it also 
you know relationships that I had at the time that it was it was the you know it could have been the death of them if I didn't sort myself out you know it was something I, I had to go right come on you know this is yeah. this is something I you know what do I want what do I really want how do I really want to live because this this isn't this isn't gonna you know kick it for the next you know 20 odd years for me it was finding a balance you know with with exercise I mean I, I know I, I briefly mentioned about the exercise earlier something for me that was ongoing obviously I had to you know physically when I couldn't I I learned to to balance that but then when that was all back that's been something that has I think carried carried me through my whole life personally you know obviously it works for some people more than others yeah but I'm seeing Mm. that as, as much as I'm a mental health professional running my own business for the last seven months and realizing the the stress levels and there's literally nothing like exercise to mm. just burn off some of that adrenaline and to allow me to remain, stay focused. So like, I'm learning so much more about the mind. I know people know this, but the mind-body connection is so yeah. real as far as how the symptoms that we get physically when we've had mental distress and then the opposite as well. So you had physical distress and it mm. led to kind of mental, you know, and so looking yeah. after one can look after the other. But then, yeah. of course, I love the word balance. We're all chasing that, aren't we? I know we are. <laughs> we are. Balance, mindfulness. Yeah. I love it. Um, but it's true. You know, it, it, it's that kind of, that parallel. I mean, the mind-body connection. I mean, again, I think I'd I'd felt that, you know, whether it was conscious or, or unconsciously from a very young age, obviously, you know, growing up as a, a dancer or an athlete, you know, whatever, mm. you, you get to find that connection. You you. you your physicality is everything connected to how and how you feel, you know, affects your physiology, you know, physicality. So very, very much something I I knew, something I was comfortable with as well, because, you know, if I don't move my body on a daily basis, I'm like, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, who am I, you know? So it was something that was um, very um, natural to me. But, you know, along the way, I, I felt that that really was what kept me going. I mean, it was something that I had to, I became quite routine about things which helped me at the time I needed I needed that routine I felt that was hugely beneficial keeping obviously all that you know ad- adrenaline going outside of the workplace you know something just for me something um to keep myself and it's balanced. that sense of doing what is in your control so yeah. that the stuff that isn't in your control is less overwhelming right mm. well yeah absolutely I mean I remember, I think I remember when on the when I first met you the um when but, I was speaking yeah, yeah. and I, I do remember I, th- I think it kind of came out of anyway because it wasn't in my notes to say but it was I some I said I do have a control I may have heard sometimes that. it's an it's an issue at yes. times I I still call it an issue but at, now I kind of go no actually it's that's my thing you know I'm I'm I have my non-negotiables. I have my, um, that, that keeps me going. I go, right, okay, what's, what's non-negotiable in my life? Non-negotiable, right, okay, great. I'm going to do this. And if I don't do that, this will happen. What do I really want from this? You know, all those wants and whys of what keeps you going. So yes, I mean, I've been quite extreme in my life um, with exercise as well. I do feel I've been the person to go to an extreme to actually find the balance to bring it back anyway. Sure. We have to test so, it yes. out, don't we? Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, meditation, I mean, exercise, the, the whole well-being. I, I, I rarely, if ever now, make any excuses for it either. I used to go, oh yeah, well, I work out this much. Or people used to ask me how much I used to do things. I go, oh. And I used to actually, again, probably feel a bit, a bit ashamed of that, like it was um, 
something that was just for physicality or image rather than my mind you know I mean yeah. I run for meditation I run to yeah. be in the fresh air I, I run to get Check away so many boxes yeah yeah find <laughs> yeah, peace you know yeah. yeah and that's all you know as we've spoken about before it's very, that's subjective to the individual you know it's it's all it's finding what you need as, as a person but saying yes I need it and not feeling like it's self-indulgent I guess um, yeah self-care is not self-indulgent yeah, yeah. No, it's like this, uh, this self-acceptance, this self-love, which again is, you know, is everywhere now. Um, but there is some su- such truth to it that I will forever be an advocate for that. Love it. Love it so much. Another thing was just... Yeah, go ahead. It was just pay- paying attention. I think that was the massive thing for me. I mean, obviously, as we've said, mindfulness gets thrown around in the wellness industry, the yoga industry, which obviously isn't another big thing to me is my, my yoga practice. It gets thrown around so much that people, I'm not even sure people really know what it is sometimes, you know, if they're not really focused in it or read about it. But it's, you know, as we know, it's, it's, it's purely, it's simply put, it's paying attention. So whether that's to yourself, um, to, to your breathing, to your, your behavior, your actions, to other people's behavior, how you make people feel, how they make you feel, whatever it may be, it's, it, I started to pay attention. And Which uh, is... that, that changed, changed it for me. And this may sound like a weird question, but do you, given all that weirdly the accident has given you as far as the character that you've built and the impact that you're having, mm. like, do you, do you wish that it didn't happen? Do you, would you do things over? Do you know what I mean? That weird question mm. of like, do you no. wish the pain, but do you know what I mean? I love that question. And and I have been asked that before. And I, I mean, I've even thought that myself and I've gone, I, do you know what? I don't think I change a thing. Because, I mean, like I've heard you say before, and you know, and I, I love this about about your your story and your openness, which you know can only drive more people to to do that. Is no, I I wouldn't change it because I, this is who I am now. Yeah. This is what what was leading me up to it. I know there's so many positives from 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 adversity and you know challenges. I I, I love a challenge. Don't get me wrong. I don't want that particular one again. Well, but no. um, you know who does? But I you know I try and keep myself safe. But it's um it's something that I, I will forever be instilled in me of going. You know what? You can cope. This is this, if something else is going to come up. You can cope. You can get through this. You can now open your voice. You can now help people, which was a massive thing for me Huge. Um, to want to do. Obviously, with my coaching and working with actors, I work with a, a few actors, directors, students. I've worked with, which has been lovely. Actually, going back to that Early that age where days, it all yeah. starts, you know, and also, you know, with people you know, wanting to start business or, or wanting motivation and that kind of, that that motivation behind them to to want to change their lives in a certain way. Yeah, and I imagine you couldn't have had the rich impact in the sense of the self-discipline and the work ethic, but equally mm-hmm. understanding that adversity can punch us in the face and put us back a few steps or miles, you know? Yeah. And that how hard, like you have the empathy for how hard that journey can be to regroup and recreate yeah. and also you've had the live, you know, learning around experimenting with balance and with tools and techniques and being present is such a profound one in our rushed day-to-day society of achievement and of of technology, right? Mm -hmm. To to just actually sit and and be here in this conversation. I appreciate you you so much just being present with me and I feel really present with, with your story and the impact that it can have in the world.
if people want to connect with you in any way on your social media or where where can they find you? I'm on Instagram a lot. Okay. <laughs> um, but any social media like Instagram, I love you know, I love pictures, I love quotes. So that that's very much my platform. But Facebook, Twitter. Lovely. But yes, or my uh yeah, again, feel free to email me as well if they wanted to. That's just Susie Bastoni sixteen at hotmail uh gmail.com. At gmail.com, uh, yeah. So yeah. Hotmail was a while ago. Um well, well that was ask, a while ago. Yeah, it wasn't showing your age. Um, <laughs> oh, I know, damn it. <laughs> we almost got there without that happening. <laughs> damn. I'll add all of that into uh, the show notes so people can connect you. And until then, thank you so much. I appreciate you. Thank you so much for having me. It's been lovely. Thank you, Petra. Thanks for listening to the Adversity to Advantage podcast. Please do subscribe and review on iTunes. Every comment makes a difference. We really appreciate hearing from you. And please do get in touch through PetraBelzebor.com if you're interested in any training, coaching, therapy, or just to join the community and get more information on ways that you can build your own resilience. Until next time.